Women Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Crater celebrate the thoughts and opinions of magnetic, spirited, and influential women. Each week, bold, brilliant women spark vigorous conversations on the complexities of life, love, and happiness. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Crater. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Crater, and this is Dynamic Women, and we are going to be talking about reputation today. Now, Abraham Lincoln had something interesting to say. He said, character is like a tree, and reputation is like a shadow, but the shadow is what we think of it, and the tree is the real thing. So we're going to talk about reputation today, and we've got an outstanding panel of guests. We've got Frankie Picasso coming in from Toronto, Ontario, Sharon Jameson from Atlanta, Georgia, Kathy Craffy from Tyler, Texas, Linda from New York City, and as always, uh, Linda Crater and Sandra Beck coming to you live as your hosts. Now, one of the things that I think is very interesting is our reputation often precedes us, and sometimes our reputation is incongruent with who we are, and that is one of the things that I find very challenging because I have a hard time often living up to my reputation, and I'm going to go to Linda Franklin in New York City first because she's got this amazing reputation, and um, Linda, do you ever find that your reputation precedes you and expectations are something that can be at least different, puzzling, challenging, or or in, in, in some way off-putting? Hi, Sandra. Hi, ladies. Um, I, you know, again, that word reputation seems like a very old-fashioned word to me. I really, I really don't get it. I think that the only one that you have to be real with is yourself and your you know, the things that you've done, if they're important to you, then they're important. And after, you know, I guess as you get older and you get wiser, then it doesn't matter so much, you know, if, they rep- if your reputation precedes you or it doesn't. It's, it's just when you show up, you know, what are you going to show up as? And I don't think that there's any pressure that people put on you that you don't put on yourself. Hmm. Uh, Frankie here. Um, I want to talk about reputation because I think, for me, it's been the one thing that I protected most in my life because I, I, you only have one chance to make a first impression and that impression becomes your reputation usually. So uh, for me, as far as values go and honesty and integrity and, and all of that stuff, that is the one thing that I make sure anything that you guys have done with me or I do with anybody is protect that reputation and doing what I say I'm going to do. And hopefully that does precede me and that people have said, you know, I, I want to work with you or I know you because people say that you know, you do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, this is Kathy Craffy, and I so agree with that. I, I think our, our reputation needs to be free of those burdens of what other people think. And, and yet we do have to guard it. I mean, there's like a fine balance we run as women. We want to be careful with our, that our behaviors and our attitudes all reflect who we really are because we do have people in our lives who are affected by our reputation, like our kids or our, mm-hmm. our families, maybe the organizations that we volunteer with. We, we don't want to sh- have behaviors or attitudes that would reflect poorly or even the things we believe that we feel are true. Those things are more well positioned to be received by others if we are careful in the way we behave in our attitudes. 
It's interesting. Hey, it's Sharon Jameson from Atlanta. And when I think about something I learned from my grandmother, she used to say that reputation is what people think, but character is what you know. And um, I think that's so hard because I think, like Lin, uh, Linda said, and also Frankie, about protecting your reputation because it not only affects you financially, but it also expects, uh, impacts you emotionally. And as a minister, one of the wisest things somebody told me is that Sharon, never let your conversation contradict your calling. And I think that is really hard to think about. How can we protect our conversations as much as we can that we have with ourselves, but also show up so the conversations that people have about us are as positive as they can be, even though we can't control it. So I think reputation is, is really important, especially if you're on a global stage, even though you can't really control it. I think that to make sure we don't do anything to contradict what we say we are, I think that's the key. Oh, boy, I don't think reputation matters a whole lot. Just look at our president. He hasn't got such a good reputation here. He is president of the United States. So I don't really, I don't really think it really matters, you know, about reputation, how you think you're going to impress others, how others think about you. I think that the only person you have to answer to you is yourself. You have to be authentic to yourself. Um, and that's, that's really what counts. I mean, I don't think that the other stuff does because everybody, you talk 10 people about you and 10 people are going to have a completely different opinion of who they think you are. And that's why it really doesn't matter. The only one that it matters to is you. You have to, you have to feel good about yourself. You have to be authentic to yourself and the rest doesn't count. So you're interchanging authenticity then with reputation. And, yeah. you know, our president has a bad reputation, but, you know, maybe when you're uber rich, it doesn't matter because you can do whatever oh, you does. want anyway. It does. But it doesn't seem it, to. Well, it does because <laughs> he's, I mean, where he he is. Is. he's not the only super rich guy in the world. I mean, we had we had a wonderful mayor, Michael Bloomberg, who's the seventh richest man in the world. And he does things. He's authentic. He helps people. He's real. He cares. Um, he does. He does things that count. He gives a lot of money to charity. He's given billions and billions of way. He's really concerned about people's health. He's concerned about uh, about the environment, and he does something about it. He's very rich, and he can do something about it. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 and then there's Donald Trump. So need I say more? Well, yeah, in a way, because what, we, what you said in the beginning was that it, reputation doesn't seem to matter because Donald is president. And yet, you know, does, the, does then the American public not care about reputation? Because I would much rather vote for a, Donald, for a Bloomberg than a, a Trump. But, you know, here's somebody who's doing what he, what he says he is and who he is, and that's a great reputation to have. Compared to somebody whose reputation is... It's perception. I mean, people, the people that voted for Donald Trump were perceived that he could help them because they couldn't help mm -hmm. themselves. And here he is going a 360-degree turn on what he said he was going to do mm -hmm. for these people. So, you know, um, his reputation is every day it gets lower, 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 lower. He's still president, but, you know, he's not authentic. So, I mean, I think that's what counts, not his reputation. He's just this is Linda in D.C. I would love to step into this because I think it's not always possible to control your reputation, which I think both of you mentioned. But I also think that it does still matter. And I don't know that we are privy to what public people, like the ones you're just discussing, what they are really like in person, um, in their personal lives, because for every story you hear, you hear some lovely stories. And so I, 
I personally step away from that, and I'd love to draw this back to how we feel reputation is. I know that the times in my life where I found it hardest to stand were where I was being mischaracterized. And the only thing you can do, it follows what Linda Franklin said, is to be true to yourself and to follow your character the way you act, your integrity, and have your words and actions all match. And that's a very tough thing when someone perceives you as something you're not. And it takes some time sometimes to show that everything does match. It is congruent that you are exactly who you say you are. And that's one of the things I love about being older. are truer to ourselves and more self-aware and more cogent in our conversations about who we are what we do, how we present ourselves to the world. And it isn't a facade. It is truly who we are. So I think our reputations can be mended. And I think it hurts when they're misperceived. What do you others think of that? I think I think I agree with you totally. I think it's, it is painful when your reputation is damaged or when someone assassinates your character. And I, I think you're I agree with you, too, about time, because I think sometimes only time can demonstrate to people mm-hmm. that you are who you say you are. And I think as we get older, you know, we do have the confidence and the courage just to stay still and not try to manufacture our reputation. And, and I think that there is a temptation when we are when our characters are assassinated to want to want to create and manufacture something and I think you get older and you you go and you get into this peaceful place that you know who you say you are Mm -hmm. and that's why I always go back to what my grandmother told me your reputation is what people think your character is what you know and I think you that inner knowing that inner wisdom that inner um, acceptance comes with age and and with time with experiences but yes it hurts but I, I I agree with Linda said, sometimes time is what you need because you can't manufacture Mm -hmm. or or chase every lie with the truth. Sometimes you have to let the lie die down and not add fire to it. Amen. I just love that, Sharon. This is Kathy. I I was thinking about what ties those things together. And one of the things that ties them together is a clear conscience. And I like what it says in Acts when Paul is talking to he's having to defend himself before the Roman authorities and he says in Acts 16 uh, 24 16 he goes so I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward both God and man and he was accused of things that he some of which he had done and some of which he had not done because they were interpreted you know and I, I think that happens to all of us we get we go with what we believe our conscience tells us to do, and then we get misinterpreted. And sometimes you just have to say, I'm going to have a clear conscience. Well, and I'm going to jump in here. This is Sandra. You know, when I went through my divorce, there was a lot of mudslinging. There was a lot of reputation slandering, both in my personal and professional life. And one of the things that I had to do was kind of sit in my, and I'm going to use this term, but I had to sit in my soul and 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 wait because I wasn't going to throw more gasoline on the fire. I wasn't going to throw my hat in the ring and defend myself. I felt, you know what, if I just sit quietly and, and, and stay in my 
myself that it would all turn out fine. Now it did, but it took years. It took years for people walking up to me and go, Oh, I, I never thought I thought, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know what you thought, but, but it's not true or it's <laughs> that's right. not who I am or no, I'm not that, that person that was smeared. So it is, it does require patience. And, you know, when we fight for our reputation, I think we highlight even more the negativity because what we put our attention on is what people see. They remember the fight. And I just sat in the seat of my soul and uh, it was hard. It was very hard. Now, when we come back from the break, we are going to talk more about our reputations. We're going to talk more about character and what character means today. And does it even matter? Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Whether it's lunges or crunches or tricep dips, there is usually one exercise that you dread doing. I tell my clients that when they are working out on their own, to do the exercise that they like the least first. I have several women clients who really want to shape up their lower body, but they despise lunges or squats in any form. So we always do those exercises at the beginning of the workout when they have more energy and enthusiasm. By waiting until the end of the exercise session, especially if they're working out on their own, it is too easy to cut the workout short and not do those important exercises. For me, abdominal work is my least favorite. So I always do my abdominal exercises right after I warm up. After I get those out of the way, I concentrate on lifting weights, which I really do enjoy. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. This is Toginet, Cutting Edge Radio. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and Linda Crater, and this is Dynamic Women Talk Radio. And we are talking today about reputation. And uh, when we ended the last segment, I mentioned a little bit about sitting in the soul, sitting in the seat of the soul. And really what that means is to step back from your humanness. The human part of me wanted to wanted to yell at the judge, wanted to yell at the people in the neighborhood and say, I'm not the person and 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 can't you see who I really am and that person was frustrated and hurt and confused and angry and I remember a particular point of sitting outside the divorce court and it was very contentious very ugly and I felt outnumbered and outmanned my ex husband was there with his new wife and his new family and I was there by myself so I really had a hard time with it and and Linda Franklin uh, talked me through a lot of this about sitting back and almost watching it all unfold like a tennis match or a TV show or a, a movie 
And so what I did was I removed myself. I like stepped out of my humanness, stepped back, watched it all unfold. And when I did that, I wasn't riddled with a lot of the human emotions that that made it hard for me to think, made it hard for me to articulate what I wanted to say. And it was really helpful because all I wanted to do was jump up and down and scream, I'm not the person you're painting me out to be. And so uh, to sit in your soul is to sit back into to that that being of who you really are and just stay there. I'm going to just put the mic over really quick to Linda Franklin uh, before we get uh, more comments on the girls, just to really like hit the nail on the head of what it means to sit in your soul. And I sat with my character. I sat with my reputation and I owned it. I didn't let the outside world define it. Linda Franklin. No, well, that's right, and that, that was a wonderful example. And any time that we are faced in a situation where all we want to do is strike back or we want to do something silly or we're, at, we're, we're just listening to our ego and all of those voices in our head that are, are saying, just don't sit there like a dummy, go defend yourself. If we just disregard all of that and pull back from it and just stand behind it, stand behind it, or as Sandra said, sit in the seat of your soul, it's going to pass, and then you can look at the situation as it really is and not from that crazy emotional funk that you're in at the moment. And um, when you do that, you'll, you'll see how much better things turn out than jump in and just listen to those voices in your head and, and do something that's not going to help you and it's only going to exacerbate an already crazy situation. I like this um, this. Uh, proverb, uh, African proverb, it says, a person's character cannot be washed off by the rain. And I really like that because it lets me know, like Sandra said, and also Linda said, about sitting in your soul, your character cannot be washed off by bad experiences, good experiences, whatever happens to you, because your character is who you are, despite the circumstances, despite the vicissitudes. And so when I think about character, I always remember that proverb, it cannot be washed. It's something that you can't hide. It's kind of like being pregnant. Eventually, people are going to know that you're pregnant. You can't hide it. <laughs> and that's what I think about character is. I think eventually, despite the ups and downs, you can't hide who you are. Um, and that's why it's so important to follow your conscience and don't follow the crowd and follow your own truth and not tradition. But that comes with wisdom. It comes with uh, confidence. It comes with self-acceptance and I think all of that is important to help you stand in your character and I think we get better at standing in our character when we know who we are and that usually comes with time and bad experiences because that's when our character I believe gets refined and mm -hmm. refined yes Sharon, I, I, I totally agree with you but when we came into the segment you know before we came into the segment the question was asked does character matter and what I'm hearing is character matters to each of us and we can stand in our own soul and we can we can know our own character and, and we don't need to shout it out to the world if they're bashing our character but yet at the same time we want you know, the, the, we, we talked about reputation. So we can know about our character and we can know that, our, that we have a good reputation inside our own heads. But how do we let other people know that? Is it just by living our, our character? Is it just by being authentic in who we are? You know, yes. at our age now, you know, for many of us in our 50s and 60s, it's not as important. You know, it's not as maybe it's not as important anymore. But in your 20s and 30s, when you're starting your, your work life um, or, you know, you're looking for a husband or a wife or you're looking for for whatever it is that you want in the world, 
character and reputation do matter. And it, it matters what the public perceive you as. I mean, you can do a 360 with your friends and say, what do you believe about me? What do you think of me? That's one way that people can find out how people think of them. But in another you know, aspect, I'm okay with who I am and I know I'm a good person. But do you know I'm a good person? Do you want to work with me? I love that. And I, I think that it, it really, character is important. I think that we are seeing a failure of demonstrated character in our society today. I really do. And I, I feel like um, there was a wonderful man who wrote a great book called Becoming a Leader of Character, Dave Anderson. And he talks about the fact that it's just as important to exercise the habits of character as it is to exercise, eat well, etc. Because if you don't practice doing the right things, and there are right things, um, you will fall. He said, usually failures are not of competence in our lives. If you look back over your own experiences, it's true in mine. It wasn't failures of competence. It was when I went against my values when I was younger. Mm. And I regret those moments. And so he talks about, and, and I concur with that even the smallest decisions that we're asked to make each day make a big difference. And if you constantly stay authentic and in character and as direct as you may be and comfortable with who you are, it makes a big difference. But going back to the sitting in your soul, I love that. And I, I have experienced much the same. And at the time, I remember thinking, who is important to me? It isn't the outside world who is going to judge you and loves to see things poorly happen to other people, unfortunately. So who was important to me? And that was my family and my children and a few other selected people. And I did find the six habits of character, the um, courage, humility, uh, duty, integrity, selflessness, and positive attitude all made a difference. And if you just took it a day at a time, and stayed true to who you were, that, yes, it eventually demonstrated out, and no one could assail your character or your reputation anymore because you proved it, you demonstrated it, you illustrated it. So I highly recommend that people think about the small things because the small things matter too, and your words and actions matching make you very authentic and keep your reputation the way you wish it to be. You know, Kathy Craffy. Thank you. I just want to jump in here. We, I love what you said, Linda. We are seeing a failure of demonstration of character in our society today. And I was thinking as you spoke, some of the things we're seeing is unreasonableness, dogmaticness, polarization in our culture. And those are things that really affect people's reputations, and they don't know it. They think they're speaking for truth, but they're really driving people away from their perspective. And so one thing I love about being on Dynamic Women, I just love the way we can have a conversation about anything and we can be so reasonable and open and willing to consider other perspectives. And I think that more than anything else can affect a person's reputation. When you feel that the other person is unreasonable, it is so off-putting. On the other hand, when you feel that a person has a commitment to to what they believe, to have integrity with what they believe, and yet is open to new perspectives, it, it just gives them so much more credibility. And so I hope that we'll see more of that. I, I really love dynamic women. I love being 
a part of this with you guys because I respect you all so much. And I also think Dave Anderson's book is awesome, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kathy, I I love being on shows with you. You're just so fun and and just so real. And your character always shines through. And there's nobody listening that can't know who you are. But, you know, is character then something, like we said, that there's a lack of demonstrated character out, you know, in the public today. But is this something that people can learn then? Is it it a behavior and these habits, something that people can take on and go, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on my character. Because I agree with you. There is a lack of demonstrated character. And I don't know if it's just immorality gone wrong that that people just don't know better. Younger people don't know better because I look at at the things that are that they're doing and they're saying and and it's just like wow, like manners aren't even taught anymore. And I, you know, I went to a private school; they taught us manners. Um, and even just that bit of civility that is going going away, I think all of those things help add to our character. They may be old fashioned, but there's something to be said for them. Amen, sister. I think I agree with you, Frankie. I think it's so hard because we have not seen a lot of things modeled. And um, so and I think whatever matters needs to be modeled. Um, And if you don't see it, you only do what you see, because we don't we don't read what we say. We read what we uh, sow, not what we see. So as a result, I think I said that backwards, but I hope you get my point. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is that we have to it's hard to move from declaration to demonstration if you never see demonstration. And so I I see a lot of people talking about character and what it means and how it looks like and how it should be um, exemplified. But you don't see examples, especially when you are these younger generation and you're looking at the media, the the more crazy a person is or some of the most uh, challenging things that people say and do. Those are the ones that get um, promoted and seen and repeated by the media. Glorify, yes. Mm -hmm. And so when we are celebrating uh, hypocrisy and crucifying honesty, what do you expect? So it's really sad, but I think that's the challenge is that you don't see it modeled. You're not taught etiquette and manners. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we in, we're in this culture where other adults can't really participate in this village raising of children. When I was growing up, everybody disciplined me. Everybody yes. had a, a, a right to say something. I would get in trouble and then they would call my mother and I would get in trouble again. <laughs> now, if you, you say something to somebody's child, you have to Fight the parents and the whole community. You're going to so go to court. You have to go to court. <laughs> but you really need a, a, a village to raise a child and that's and I and also to raise adults, you know, because mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. we are grown, we are always growing. And if we can't allow people to chastise us, correct us, we will never um, become the people that we are called to be. So I think that's how I feel about that. I think character is something that's always being refined by adversity and refined by modeling. And, and you can't you can't see it, it's hard to be it. Agree. Agree. You know, I really love what you said, Sharon. Whatever matters needs to be modeled. And it's hard to move from declaration to demonstration if you never see demonstration. I hope when we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit about practicing character. I think that's such a valid thing we need to be considering in the, the culture we live now in. 
Sorry about my, I got my prepositions all scrambled there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take us to commercial break, uh, girls. I thought there was a great line in in this segment. We live in a culture that celebrates hypocrisy and crucifies honesty. Boy, if that's not a weighted uh, statement, Sharon Jameson. Uh, We'll be back after the break, and we're going to talk about this concept of character and how do we teach it? How do we use it in our day-to-day? And, and when we demonstrate character, are we quickly forgotten because we aren't being part of the notoriety uh, that Sharon and the social media seems to glorify today? We'll be back after the break. Return after these short messages. It's Do you know someone who says um a lot when they are speaking? Every language has its own version of um. In English, we might also use the words eh and er. Spanish speakers say a, and Japanese say eto and eno, to name a few. Even sign language uses um. Studies show that these filler words make up an average of 6 to 10% of spontaneous speech, and that men use them much more than women. So why do people splitter splutter out these filler words? It's not due to nervousness, but rather, um, holds the floor for us while we do our mental work. It buys some time for thinking when we don't have our repartee ready. My husband says they call our language the mother tongue, because the father hardly ever gets to speak. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Preparing your lunch at home and bringing it to school or work is usually a much healthier alternative than going out or ordering hot lunch. Weight Watchers offers some pointers to make preparing lunches a more pleasant experience and not a chore. Prep your foods on the weekends by cutting up veggies and putting them in Ziploc bags in the fridge. Multitask during meal preparation. When making dinner at night, prepare lunches for tomorrow at the same time and keep them in the refrigerator until morning. Have the kids help you put the lunches together. They can assist you and the job will be smoother. Make healthy lunches at home a priority and assure that you and your children are eating healthy, low-calorie meals. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck and Linda Crater, and this is Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we are talking about character and One of the things that I see is a lot of times people with character, unfortunately, these days get left out of the spotlight. They get left behind. They get overlooked. And, you know, it's like the old baseball unsung hero. You've got a a solid baseball player that does a great job and he gets on base every game, but he's not hitting the big home runs. He's not the big drama queen in the, uh, in the, in the newspaper so that people want to come see him because 
because he's he's somebody special and I see a change that integrity and honesty and character are kind of getting overlooked. I'm going to go to Kathy Crafty first. Well, I'm just laughing because my this is a real problematic for people that are ADHD. Like I always tell my kids, if you marry somebody smarter than you, you have to raise their kids, which was my experience. I married David. And he's so smart. But poor David, he has to raise all these ADHD kids, right? So I always tell my kids, if every word is going to blurt right out of your mouth, then you need to get your heart right because everything in your heart is going to come right out of your mouth. And somehow my children have taken that to their heart and absorbed it. So it's, I mean, you know, we all make mistakes and say things we regret, but they really are conscientious about guarding their hearts. And I'm so proud of that. I just love them for that. Okay. Linda Franklin? We're we're going to be talking about character, and I think that not only the United States, um, but I think the world needs this wake-up call that we're getting now, not only with what we see every day here in the States with our own government, but what's going on in France and what's going on in the Middle East and what's going on, what's going on, it's going on. But, you know, it, it... it's really projected. It is, it is intense. It is on fire. It's going to explode. And I think that we needed to see that because most people are very complacent. And they said, okay, well, you know, if, this, if, if it's working, you know, let's, let's not fool with the dials. But now it's not working. So it's making everybody take a really hard look at what's going on and what is their part in it. And, um, <sighs> I, I just think what's going on now is uh, with, you know, with reputation, character, whatever you want to call it, I think it's a huge wake-up call um, to, for the world. I think it's a huge, huge, huge wake-up call for women in particular um, because if you saw yesterday after this, the, the House passed this um, health care bill, which oh. is, you know, ridiculous. If you looked at all of the all of these people applauding in the White House, I mean, it, and there were all these these balding, fat, old men that were white that were you know applauding this whole thing. And people need to see that. Women need to see that. It's going to affect everybody, but women especially have got to rise up, unite, and say, "No, we're not going to take this anymore. We're going to do something." Well, I agree with you, Linda. I mean, what happened yesterday in, it was just absolutely disgusting. It made me sick to my stomach to think about it. It really did. And on the world stage, you know, people everywhere go, can I trust a politician? You know, everybody, I, you know, I fully believe that when, they, when, when they're running and when they think to, I'm going I'm to become somebody and I'm going to make these changes in the world, that they do believe that. And then somehow the system gets to them and, and they find that it's corrupt or they find that the only way they can do what they want to do is to do something a little off-center, a little off-character. And, and somehow they get into that grind and, and who they used to be, you know, become somebody that they weren't and don't really want to be, but that's where they, they're at. Is that true? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know about that. I do know that, you know, if we look at character just in the United States, um, when when these, uh, re, these, not even reality shows, sitcoms came in and you have these obnoxious children who are talking back to adults and everybody's laughing. They think, oh, that's so cute. And then all the kids, you know, in homes across the United States, Canada, whatever, start talking back to their adults. It wasn't so cute. But they think that they can. They think they have that right. You know, uh, Mrs. Picasso, uh, 
you know, hey, Linda, you know, hey, hey, Frankie, hey, Sandra, you know, that's how kids talk to us today. It, never in my in would my kids have ever talked to anybody like that called by a first name. I never would have called my my parents friends by their first name. So the respect is gone. And, and as they grow and they become these new people, you know, it, it all comes together. I'm looking at, at, at the climate control. I'm looking at the repealing of, of, of all of that. And I'm like freaking out over, over how can somebody and how can these people believe that that's a good thing? How can they believe that, that to take um, all of the good things that the Obama administration did around 193 co- countries coming together and go, yeah, we're going to reduce emissions and think that that's a good thing to take all of that away and, and go, yeah, do what you want. You know what? Money, money is more important than our world. We'll be out of here anyway in 20 years. Who cares about the guys left behind? That's a character. That's, you know, assassination well, of character. You know, but character, look what happened at Fox News. I mean, look what's been going on there for decades oh, and decades geez. and decades. And all of a sudden, the light is shining on Fox News about yes. all of this harassment. And slowly but surely, they're taking the Bill O'Reilly's and they're taking the Roger Ailes and they're taking all these people. And you know what? They thought they were secure for life. They are gone because some, you know, it can't go on forever. And eventually, if you act like a horse's ass, it's going to come back and bite you in the, in your ass. And, you know, again, that is another woman's issue. I mean, this is a show for women. We gotta, we really, uh, you know, take it to women. It, speak up. Speak up. Don't take it. This is, this is not the norm anymore. The new norm is gonna be women speaking up for themselves and they don't have to take that crap and, you know, go as far as you need to go to make it happen in a corporation, um, or wherever you happen to be because in the spotlight is shining now. This is the time to make those changes so that your daughters and your granddaughters don't have to put up with some of the same crap that we did. This is Linda in uh, D.C. I, it's funny. We were, we're talking on this big global scale, and yet the only people that we can really affect are ourselves. And I happen to have the belief that we can each make a difference by demonstrating um, as well as declaring, as uh, Sharon put it earlier. And I do think we live in a society that does not value – actually, I do think they value character. They just don't know how to model it very much. But I think it's important that – and each individual can make a difference as they act and speak. Because if you think about it, your thoughts – become your words your words become your actions those actions and words combine to be your character and if more of us step into being true and authentic and positive and humble and filled with integrity and selflessness and courage and and duty to to really help shape the next generation that's what uh, in other shows, I've talked about how I really enjoy having multi-generational friendships and um, mentorships and things like that. And I've had mentors who I appreciate greatly. But I do think we can each make a difference in changing the world. And if we each take that stance, it grows. It, it becomes the village. And I, I think that I view things a little more positively in that I believe the changes will come, but they can only come through our individual actions that then combine to become a, a greater thread moving through the society. We don't have to accept that the lack of civility is there if we don't accept it. And so one at a time, I believe we can make a difference. 
Well, right. I think one of the things we're going to need to do, and then um, uh, is we're going to have to figure out some way to monetize character because so much of this mm. bad behavior drives media, drives newspapers, uh, drives ratings, and so until we figure out a way to monetize character, it's not going to be the in the forefront. We're going to go to Sharon and Frankie. Oh, I love what you said, uh, Sandra, about the. Um, monetizing something i think when we look at what has happened in the world and i have to say this uh, even with women i think we have become so desensitized to each other and to humanity that i think we are going to have to get resensitized to who we are and who we need to be and what we're trying to become and i'm with you as far as the um, comment about uh rewards i think that people are rewarded for good behavior but however i i think that the reward to me has to be external, but also internal, because there's something that that comes when you know that you're being a good person that cannot be put into dollars and cents. And I don't. The question is, how do, how do we do that when we have such desensitized people, and especially people who have grown up um, and they have computer skills but no coping skills, uh, or they can they can they know how to connect with people but not be close. And I think those things are so di- so different. And so I wonder what uh, what we can do. Um, and I think these forums like this are so important to start resensitizing people because when you're desensitized, when you're dead to something, you can't you can't change something that you don't value or something that you don't uh, acknowledge. So it's like how can we get into that space differently, and so that people don't think that they have to succumb to the norm because the norm is a hot mess. So I think that that's a challenge also. I love that, Sharon. I, I love that idea, uh, the desensitization, the monetization. Um, you know, if we have to monetize good behavior, uh, then it's not a character. It's just I'm doing it because I'm going to get some money for it. Um, to me, that that's not character. Linda Franklin, you, you were talking um, about how women need, need to stand up for themselves, and I, I fully agree with that. And I think to start is – I remember taking um, and delivering assertiveness training to women because to be assertive and, and get your message across, it doesn't mean you have to scream and shout. It just means you have to be consistent. You have to keep saying when they say back to you, you go, no, I need it like this or no, you're not going to treat me that way or no, uh, you know, I need to do whatever it is I need to do. So being assertive, having your message, knowing who you are, being clear and concise about it um, and delivering it each and every time is part of that reputation, is part of that character, is part of um, how we get our message across as women in the world. And if you don't know how to do it or afraid to do it, then find somewhere that you can get this assertiveness training because I think it's a really good, um, uh, you know, uh, fact for, or function for anybody who, who needs to get their message across. How do we de- desensitize or how do we resensitize people? That's a really good point. You know, I think everybody, if you, if you watch a Hallmark movie or a Hallmark at Christmas time, we all love that. We all cry and we go, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if all our life was like that? Um, so people, they, they cry out and reach out for it. They just don't know how to get it or have it. But I think it's there. I'm going to take us to commercial break. Uh, this is Sandra Beck and Linda Crater, and we're here today with Frankie Picasso, Sharon Jameson, Kathy Craffy, Linda Franklin, and myself, Sandra Beck. And we're going to talk more about this idea of character with respect to our reputation. And if you like today's episode, check out dynamicwomentalkradio.com. We will be back uh, with more from the girls after the break. 
return after these short messages. the United States Postal Service successfully ships over 160 billion packages and letters with bills traveling through the mail at twice the speed of checks. Automated sorting machines read zip codes and directs the mail to the proper destination. But last year, they failed to read some 2.4 billion pieces of mail, all because of cacography. That's bad handwriting. So what happens to all that errant mail? The post office hires more than 700 postal clerks to decipher the most difficult ones. When a sorting machine discovers an illegible address, it scans and sends a digital image to the clerk's computers. Amazingly, the average clerk can crack the code in just three seconds. Not everyone can keep up, though, as management at the post office is always pushing the envelope. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Resistance exercise is crucial to keeping your bones strong and dense. It is still important that we get sufficient amounts of calcium through eating and supplements. Children ages 9 through 18 need 1,300 milligrams of calcium a day, while adults up to 50 need 1,000 milligrams, and adults over 50 need 1,200 milligrams a day. One cup of milk or fortified orange juice has about 300 milligrams of calcium. Other good choices are yogurt, cheese, oatmeal, and salmon. When taking a pill or chew of calcium, be sure to couple it with vitamin D to help with the absorption. It is estimated that in the U.S., 55% of men and 78% of women over the age of 20 do not get enough calcium in their diets. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck and Linda Crater of Dynamic Women. And one of the things I got to say, ladies, is that I love the diversity of your voices and opinions. I know you guys have have different fundamental backgrounds. You have different religious practices. You are of different uh, cultures. You've got uh, different political ideologies. And it's so much fun um, to listen to you guys and to hear you have this discourse with respect, and you guys may disagree with each other, and I know you do, but this is what Dynamic Women is all about. It's putting things out on the table so that we can all share, we can all understand. And one of the things that I think is most amazing about this group of women today is how we can have these discussions. We can go into politics. We can go into belief systems. We can go into these areas and respect each other and like each other because women as a rule are not good at that. If I give my opinion and it's different than Kathy or Linda's or, or Frankie's or Sharon's, it's like most of the time it's like, Oh, well, I don't like that woman. We don't have a lot in common, so I'm just not going to talk with her. And that's what dynamic women does. We share our opinions to start discussions and not end them. So we're going to go, I'm going to go to Linda Franklin first. Well, you know, before we went to break, we were talking about women and the responsibility of women, and, and I brought up the topic of, you know, Fox News and, and how the sexual harassment has been going on for years and years, and it just went on, and, and um, nothing was done about it because the character of that whole station and the people that were working there, 
not all of them, of course, but the ones that were guilty of, of doing that, um, it, you know, it, it was okay, and now it's changing, and, and it's not okay. But in order for it to work and for, for women to, to not be put under that horrible pressure of, of, of from these men, or, and, and it, you know, it goes the other way. I mean, there are women that are harassing um, men as well, but you have to take responsibility. And the reason a lot of people do not take the responsibility is the fear. And I think fear plays into this. Why? What's going to happen if I speak up? What, and what if I lose my job? What if I do this? What if I do that? But, you know, you just have to sometimes jump into the deep end of the pool and, and, and state your cause. Um, I worked on Wall Street for many, many years, and when I first went down there, there was very few women, and I worked all with all men. And, of course, at the beginning, you know, everybody was very cutesy, uh, and, you know, it wasn't exactly harassment, but, you know, it's how they treated women. And I just, I had a line. I drew a line in the sand. I said, this is okay, this is okay. Once, but when you get close to that line, it's not okay anymore. And you know what? Every man that I worked with respected that line. And so I never had a problem. But every woman has got to do that for herself because if you're waiting for the, you know, for, for society or your company or your family to, to protect you, it's not going to happen. You've got to learn to protect yourself. I, I agree that we have to protect ourselves. And I come back to the only person we can control in all of this is ourselves. And I think that it's easy to have good character when there isn't a risk. It is much harder to stand up for yourself when you could lose your job, lose friendship, lose an opportunity, um, harm a relationship. But I think if you let the little things go on and they happen, it simply builds. And then you lose a piece of yourself by not using your character and it causes the situation to get further out of control, which is why I keep coming back to the little incremental steps, the choices we're given each day, do make a difference if you take the right stance each time. So hopefully that we think about those small decisions. The little things matter just as much as the big ones because they add up to larger changes. So take character seriously, even when there's a risk. I so agree with that. And I and I think that we have to take risks and we have to speak up because nothing is more deadly than silence. And silence kills more things and more relationships than anything. And if we even think about what happened in many of the world's atrocities, it's because the good people were quiet. And so I think we have to stand up and show a different example of what character looks like and, and how it responds and how it and how it navigates in the world. And I think uh, what Linda said, that it only takes one, because the big movements are not made by the masses. The big movements in the world were always created by small groups of people. So I, I always believe that that there there's power in in one, one that ones that are able to get with the other ones and, and collectively would make a difference. But I, I, I'm not so disheartened that the masses uh, and the majority of the people are where they are because I know throughout my life and throughout history, the, the biggest changes are always by the change makers who are always on the margins, on the outskirts. And, and mm-hmm. but I think like what you said, if one of us uh, individually, we can start a ripple effect 
but I, I don't think that we can be quiet um, with our voice or with our vote or with our feet. So there are a lot of ways to talk, and I think that we need to start talking louder and more emphatically. I just love that idea that nothing is more deadly than silence, Sharon. That is, that is profoundly true. And it, it makes me want to speak up uh, in this very multifaceted discussion we're having about politics and, me, you know, uh, medical care and that whole complex issue. And and yet when you think about what can happen, just one person having a ripple effect. And I always come back to locally, we have this wonderful clinic, Bethesda Health Clinic, and a group of doctors just decided they were going to do this. And they joined with some community leaders and now we have this lovely uh, clinic in our community that is for people who are working or uninsured uh, people, underinsured people, or to sister and partner with people like the Salvation Army and this wonderful organization here called PATH, people tr- attempting to help. So anyway, they just have such a ripple effect in our community of making some healthcare accessible and dental care. So I love that. I love the idea that by being silent, we just perpetuate evil. But by speaking up and making a personal commitment to even something small, the ripples just extend beyond and, and offer hope to other people. I want to I build on that one, Kathy, about staying silent, because I want to take us back to United Airlines when they were dragging that Kentucky doctor off the plane and nobody, nobody stood up and said, hey, stop that. What are you doing? Why are you dragging him? They all went, ooh, that's not right. Oh, I don't like that. Took pictures. But why didn't they stand up? I know for a fact if I had been on that plane, my character would have said, I would have, I would have done something. I would have gotten everybody on that plane to stand up and say, stop. Just stop what you're doing. And like that was ridiculous. And I can't believe that nobody did that. I really can't. Like to me, that was that, – that says something about character. Something that I heard, I can't remember where, one of my ministers said, they said, in life, you have a choice. You can be a puppet, a parrot, or a pawn. And when he talked about parrot, he says, you're going to say what everybody else wants to say or what everybody is saying. You can be a puppet and do what everybody wants you to do or be a pawn and allow yourself to be used. And it really made me know that if you are a parrot, a puppet, or a pawn, you're not operating in your own integrity or your own character. And so I always ask myself, Sharon, do you want to be a parrot, puppet, a pawn, or a person? And so I know I want to be a person. That means that I'm going to have to, you know, follow my conscience and not the crowd and follow my own heart and not the herd and know that I might lose people. But I love the scriptures. Like, what if, you know, what does it matter if you gain the whole world but lose mm-hmm. your soul? And mm-hmm. to me, I'd rather uh, lose everything except for my soul because at the end of the day, that's all I have is my soul. And, and, and I think when we, when we stand in our character, you might not get it now, but you'll leave a, a, a legacy. I'd rather when I die, I want people to say Sharon was a good person, not, nor mm-hmm. not that Sharon was what I call she pimped herself or prostitute herself for the highest bidder. And I think a lot of people, when they die, that's when the truth uh, yes. uh, gets told about who they really are. And I want to live a legacy and, and, and not that I don't want to, I want to die in, in with, with integrity and with character and, and knowing that I'm in heaven, hopefully if I can pay, pay enough money to get there, that, <laughs> I, that, I, that I'm not, that I'm not leaving a legacy of, of a bad reputation for my family. That's important. Mm-hmm. 
boy, we really do have a lot of different opinions. On Frankie about, you know, pulling the guy off the plane, I don't believe that we we always have to get involved in other people's battles. We have enough of our own, and sometimes just sitting back in the, and the watching of it is, is okay. I mean, I, so, you know, I, I don't know if I agree that we always have to jump in uh, other people's other people's dramas, um, but we but we need to you know we need to feel good. Listen, uh, the, the, the it could have been you, Linda. They could have picked feel. you, right? Huh? They could have picked you. And if they, they were pulling they, you and dragging you no, off that plane, would you not have wanted somebody to? I, they would have been pulling me off the plane because I never would have let that happen. So you know, everybody. But has two to big take guys come and take your arms and drag you. No, no, yeah, but he, they wouldn't have pulled his arms and dragged him if, they, if, if, you know, if he would have just had, if they would have had a conversation, and he, I've never seen anybody dragged off a plane like that, so I, I, I understand it, and it was a horrible thing, but I think that there's a little bit of responsibility on his part, too, and I, I don't know, that's just the way I feel. Should he just have got up and said, okay, I'll, I'll go? You know, or a negotiation. I, I, you know, we don't know exactly what went on, but um, I, again, we don't have to jump into everybody's battles. We've, we've got enough of our own to figure out. So I don't think that makes us a bad person if we just sit back and, and not do anything. Yeah, if someone's going to get run over by a car, I always I'll pull them back so they're not going to get run over by a car. But, you know, this was a whole plane full of people, and it, 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 was, it was chaos and a riot. I don't like to get involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah, that dead air. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't want to respond to it because I, I, it makes me upset. I <laughs> a cue there. I think. Um, I think one thing we probably all agree on is there whether sometimes we have to judge whether the moment is right or not. But in all of our lives, character is going to be tested, and there are times when we do have to stand up, even if it feels uncomfortable for us. And we know this because we've all lived so long. We've, we've lived in our country when other political issues have arisen. And, and here's what I think happens. If we don't stand up, if we don't speak out, then we shortchange other people of that valuable extra perspective. And, and so even though I may have deep convictions, I know that I need to listen to other people because God may be all-knowing, but Kathy is not. We'll be back again next week with more from Frankie Picasso, Kathy Craffy, Sharon Jameson, Linda Franklin, Linda Crater. Uh, my name is Sandra Beck, and we'll be back next week with an episode on authenticity. We look forward to having you back. Thank you for tuning in today to Dynamic Women Talk Radio and join us each week. You can find more shows on dynamicwomentalkradio.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert 